All right, and we are live. Maria Daniels here with Successfully Chaotic Behind the Scenes. And I have a special guest today, Timothy Mc... And I'm going to butcher your last name. McLaughlin? McLaughlin? Perfect. Perfect. Is that right? Yes. Score. Okay, so <laughs> I always get really nervous when I haven't said somebody's name before um, because I have a tendency to butcher people's names. So that's just how that goes. So I want you to just go ahead and introduce yourself um, while I get this shared out where I'm supposed to share it out. And um, that way people can get to know who you are, who's Timothy, and we will chat after that. Sounds great. Um, sure. My name's Timothy McLaughlin, and I am a veteran actor of about 30 years in the industry. Um, started off in uh, Florida, where I went to the University of Florida, got my uh, my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in theater, um, worked for the university, um, uh, I'm sorry, you worked for Universal Studios in Orlando for about nine years doing all of their live stage shows. And uh, then onward and upward to California, where I've been involved with uh, many television and film productions for uh, the last 25 years. So have you always, had you always wanted to be in theater? Yeah, uh, yeah since I was in college. But I mean, in high school, gosh, my aspirations were a lot different. Uh, wanted to be a professional golfer. Oh, yeah. I, was, uh, I was involved in sports in high school. Uh, joined the golf team my junior year, fell in love with the game, and ultimately wanted to pursue that. But things change, you know? Everything changes. It's it's never what you expect. The plan always, always changes. It absolutely does. And I know it's 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 funny. I, golf is definitely not my thing. Um, actually, there's a few people that are on my, um, on my list of friends that have seen me golf or lack – of talent thereof. It's, it's pretty much me trying to hit, you know, two holes and then figure it out. I can't do it quitting and just sitting in the golf cart and drinking the rest of the time. Cause I'm done. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> that tells a little bit about my personality is that if I'm not instantly, at least kind of good at it, I don't want to do it. It's not actually a good personality trait, but here I am. But yeah, so golf, I mean, I think a lot of kids um, have aspirations to be a professional, everything, professional golf, professional baseball, you know, professional football, basketball, you name it. And, um, you know, a, a lot of us get knocked off our high horse when we figure out, oh, there's a lot of good people out there. Okay. You know? <laughs> so you end up having to kind of, you know, change your, your passions. And so you ended up going into, um, doing theater during school, like a, like in, um, like a drama. Yeah, actually that's exactly what happened. My junior year in high school, uh, I actually, joined the drama club because there was a girl that I liked in the drama club, which is usually what happens. That's how most guys get involved in acting. Yeah. And um, I had a great time. The, uh, the production that we did was called uh, The Man Who Came to Dinner. And I played a small role in there, but the response that I got from the audience during the performance was intoxicating, actually. And it became something that I really had to have you know, every so often. And, and it just became a bigger and bigger deal for me as I went on into college. I think a lot of people who are in some type of performance get that, you know, I've, I've done, um, you know, different music, um, you know, different music performances, and then also, you know, live speaking engagements. And yeah. there's, there's nothing like that feeling of, just the energy in the room. And I think a lot of people mistake that feeling for, you know, narcissism, you know, but it's not that, you know, it's no. not that, Oh, I'm so good. It's not that feeling at all. It's actually, it's, there's just this energy and this vibe in the room. And I've, you know, talked to, you know, other musicians and other actors and comedians and anybody that yeah. deals with that kind of on the stage in front of people type of thing. And I think it is very, it's, it's very much of that, that energy that you're, you're producing something that's causing them so much joy that just the energy in the room is like no other. And so, I mean, I've not, I don't have a big background in acting. I've done a little bit of very, very small things, but yeah. um, you know, that it's the same feeling, you know, for people that, you know, are listening or watching, tuning in right now that, maybe you haven't acted, but they have done something else. You know, they've done something else that were, that's very creative and in front of an audience it's, it, and that's the best way to describe it. And, 
is that just it creates this energy in the room. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when when you get a reaction from a crowd based on something that you've said or based on something that you've done, and it's a positive action, it's it's an affirmation of basically who you are. And I don't care what anybody says, everybody is looking for some type of affirmation, some type of validation of their existence in life. And whether it's not, if you do it through a sport, if, you know, professional athletes, you know, they, they're always looking for affirmation for, for producing something well, for doing a great job, for hitting a home run, for whatever it might be. Um, and, and, and so as an actor, you are, you're constantly looking for affirmation, for, for validation, for positive feedback. Uh, I've always been someone who just gives and gives and gives. And sometimes as an actor, you, you just, you starve for getting back what you give out. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, that took you from high school into college where you may actually majored in the performing arts, correct? Yes. And then, I did. then from there, you know, what was your, what was your plan? Cause I know, I, I remember my brother, my brother always knew that he wanted to be in music. And I remember my mom saying, well, you need to go to, you need to get a job. You need to, you know, cause especially our generation, I don't know how you are, but you know, um, my, you know, my generation, it was very much expected that, you know, you go to school, you graduate, you go to college, you go get your job that you, you work at until you're 62 and a half years old. And then you retire yeah. and get the pension. And, you know, if you didn't fit within that, that was strange. So did you, did you have, yeah you know, anything that you needed to overcome as far as getting over expectations or was it pretty much open in, in your household? Uh, well, that was pretty much the same way growing up for myself. Um, you know, as a kid, I grew up in the, in the seventies and eighties. And so, you know, and I came from a large Catholic family, so there were expectations, there were responsibilities. My brother, my youngest brother, he's a musician and my um, my son, he's a musician. <laughs> so there's there's just a lot of uh, uh, different paths that our family has taken. I mean, I've got family in real estate, and I've got family that is uh, you know they're, they're spread out all over the country. And the choices that we've all made have taken us down our own paths of success and failures. But in the end, it's all about what makes us happy. And my father was one of the biggest supporters of do what makes you happy. And if you're not happy doing it, then you shouldn't be doing it. And if you're doing a job that you don't like, then you shouldn't be doing that either. So he was very supportive of my acting career. Gave me a lot of advice about patience, humility, and... Uh, basically telling me the expectations that I was going to be having as far as struggles and failures and, and to get through all of that. So. That, it sounds like you had a very, you know, well-rounded, you know, childhood in that way. Cause I think that's so important yeah. to, to tell kids, but I mean, even some of us adults need to still hear that, that, you know, there are, a lot of roads to success, but most of, most of those are very bumpy and windy. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, you know, I always jokingly say that, you know, some people's, you know, roads are kind of curvy, but mine was I tripped and fell down a cliff and burst it into flames and drug myself up the other side, you know, type of thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, all in all, you know, everybody's journey does look different and everybody's success also looks different. I think it's important to, to note that because, you know, I think a lot of people, and I was one of those people for a long time that thought that success was like a destination. They're like, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to get to success. And, you know, I very much attributed that to a certain amount of money, certain car, certain house, certain whatever. Yep. And the problem with that is very, or at least for me, is very flawed because, you know, being able to reach a certain point, you know, it, it didn't bring me any more happiness. It didn't bring me, it didn't make me feel successful. Actually, I was more empty, you know, and I think to me that, that, you know, made me look inside to really start to define what do I determine is successful? What, what, what is my definition of success? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And and success, like you said, <clears throat> success is not about what you have materialistically. Success is where you feel in your heart. 
and success is something that is, it's almost something that's for me, I never see it as something as being attainable. I seeing as something as aspiring to. And when you, if you say to yourself, I'm very successful, well, you're successful in what? In, if you say I'm successful in my career, then that means that you're almost saying, well, I'm satisfied. Um, you should never be saying that you're successful, but you should always be aspiring to be successful. And like you said, I've crashed and burned so many times, you know, being an actor and, and being in the industry, rejection is a daily occurrence because there are X number of roles and there are X number of actors. And unfortunately, the number of roles are far less than the number of actors. So uh, and today and in today's society, in fact, the evolution of what we're doing today, the, the, the inclusion of more diversity into acting roles has expanded and also contract various characters and various uh, uh, people, you know, such as myself and finding the, the exact niche for, you know, where you want to drive your career. It's become, it's become cloudy. It really has. So it, it's created a lot of, it's created a lot of great opportunities and it's also created a lot of barriers that need to still be broken. I feel like that that could be said for a lot of any time that we end up with something new, you know, something that kind of hasn't been done very much before that ends up opening a lot of doors and at the same time closing a lot of other doors, you know. So I think that, you know, if yeah. you're trying to figure out, you know, what does that look like, you know, how do we um, how do we kind of manage to still get done with the things that we need to get done and obtain the things that we need to obtain you know, but maybe in a different way and look at it in a different light, you know, as far as, um, as far as your acting career right now, is that something that I'm, I'm assuming like every other actor last year, it was pretty much like nothing was going on, <laughs> but, but has that, Absolutely. yeah, has that started to open up again or is it still kind of squashed? Yeah, it's, you know, for me, it's still squashed. Uh, unfortunately it, it's, I can honestly say that it's opened up a lot for other people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 55 next month, so it's going to be a real uh, struggle to find a, a niche for my acting. I, I, last year, actually, I had to make a conscious decision to change and evolve into something that I haven't done from an acting standpoint. Um, first of all, everything that all of this, <laughs> this is all new. Um, yeah. the, the entire, um, the entire persona of what I've always been as an actor is starting to change and I'm starting to sit there and go, okay, well, what other opportunities can I create for myself uh, this year? Uh, so I'm, I'm literally taking uh, content like, like Western themed or biker themed or, you know, theme, I'm opening myself up to do other characters that I normally would not have done because you have to, as an actor, constantly be recreating yourself as as an actor you constantly have to be looking for other ways that you could fit in to other roles in other films so i mean for the longest time i played doctors attorneys um you know character roles which were great but now as i as i age those roles are now going to other actors that are younger mm -hmm. uh, that have other specific characteristics that fit the roles today. So yeah, I have to constantly be reinventing myself as an actor. And it's not easy because you're literally going back to the starting line and you're literally sitting there and going, okay, I got to start all over. So. So what are, what are some roles that you are targeting right now with your new look? I mean, I can tell you some ideas that I have just by looking at your look, but I'm just curious to see if it fits in with what I think when you're thinking about what you're targeting. Yeah. Um, Look, I've been watching a lot of, of the shows that have been streaming. Uh, I've been a very big fan of Yellowstone, mm -hmm. and I've been a big fan of, of Outlander when it was uh, running. And uh, there's a bunch of other, you know, the, the Wild Hogs look is something yeah. I think I'm really trying to create so that I have more, I just have more opportunities for my age character. So those were, those are actually the three genres, you know, that I'm looking at sons of anarchy. I know that they're working on some other projects there, but 
it, it also opens me up to doing things like, you know, all, any one of the zombie shows, you know, the living deads and the, there's always unique looks that casting directors are trying to find. And now it's about getting my unique look out there and getting it sort of in front of their faces. And that's the hardest part as an actor. I, I, I can create a million and one different looks, but it's about putting it in front of the casting directors now. So it's been a struggle the last year with the pandemic. A lot of actors, including myself, lost representation. Their agencies either shut down or they shrunk their rosters down. And that happened to me. And I had to literally sit back and say, okay, I've got a decision to make. I've got to, I've got to find something that's going to make a, an agent want to put me back on their roster and want to start submitting me again. So that's the way I go. Yeah. And, and honestly, I wouldn't sell yourself short on the fact that I mean, beards are very popular with the ladies now. They are very popular with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, know, you may be able to get a role, you know, in a drama. I mean, you're a nice looking guy, so you never really know. I mean, I wouldn't just kind of sell yourself short on, you know, just the, that, you know, the, the tough guy kind of thing. Because I could even see you. I mean, it's it's kind of like. Do you want to be in a Hallmark movie? I don't know. But, you know, here's the thing. I can kind of see you in a Hallmark movie. It's always, you know, it's always the the, the, the business lady leaves the city, goes out to the country. You can yeah. be the lumberjack that she falls in love with. You never really know. <laughs> you know, it's on your phone short on it. That would be, that'd be great. I mean, as, like I said, it's I'm, I'm turning more urban in my yeah. character look. So, like you said, a lumberjack, you know, somebody that lives uh, in, in rural uh, territory, rural areas. Uh, Hallmarks are great. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, actors that have done many Hallmark movies and they're very successful and they're very good roles. Love yeah. those. Love those roles. The thing is, is today our viewers are becoming less and less of an attention span, meaning that they're watching all these TikToks and YouTube videos and, and, and it's acting has opened up now to where the professionally trained actor is not necessarily the actor who's going to get the role. Right now, I'm finding that a lot of actors are getting cast. A lot of people are getting cast because they're social influencers and they've got, you know, half a million to a million followers. And then they turn around and they get booked into, you know, a big feature film. Wow. And because the casting director or the director says, well, they're going to bring their million followers into the theaters or they're going to bring those million followers onto Netflix or, you know, whatever platform that they're going to be using. So as an actor, it's changing. It's, I mean, my wife and I were sitting down talking and we were saying, how can we get more exposure for you? And then I, I know very little about social media. I'm not a huge social media person. Um, pretty much most of our lives we've been, I've been sort of a private guy uh, but now you have to, you have to open up your door to all of these viewers to come in and view your private life and you have to be vulnerable to it. So, which is hard. And I mean, it is hard to kind of find that balance. And I mean, I struggled with it early on and I'm in the marketing yeah. industry, you <laughs> exactly. know, but I, did, I struggled with it for a long time because I wanted to keep you know, my private life private, but there's a certain level. And I mean, I know this as a marketer, you know, there's a certain level of vulnerability that, you know, people have to have now, like we, we, you know, we, and I say this all the time and it's a well insane, but you know, we do business with who we know, like, and trust, and it could be said yeah. for whatever industry it is. And the only way that you're really going to get that anymore is with that, that idea that people are getting to see you're real, you're raw, you're authentic. They, you know, they don't care about the perfectly curated thing that you put up. They care about what did you do this morning? What yeah. did you, it's, it seems silly because there's jokes made about what did you eat for breakfast? You know, what did you, did, where did you, did you go for a run? You know, all those things. People want to at least a glimpse into your everyday life. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. funny because I'm kind of on the older end too. And so some of these social media things like TikTok is kicking my ass. It's kicking my ass because everyone's like, you've got to get on TikTok. You got such a funny personality, but it's like, I get on there and it's like, I don't want to like, I don't, I just don't want to like randomly, I have done some stuff random. If you get on there, I do have a TikTok channel. That's yeah. the most random, sad, pathetic thing. And on the whole planet, I know this, so don't send me letters. But Because <laughs> it's like, it's, it's almost like where and I'm kind of like this in my age anyway. It's like, you get to a certain age and you don't know what are you supposed to wear now? Like, what do you, how do you do your hair now? Like, cause it's like, I'm not young anymore, but I'm not ancient either. So you're like at this, it's like this, it's almost like the teenage years all over again. 
except for like middle age. I swear it's oh, like yeah. you go through a whole nother teenage because it's like, I don't belong in the younger crowd. I'm yep. not quite geriatric. However, I do have a granddaughter just to put it in perspective. So, I mean, it's kind of like, wow. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, where do I belong? So on TikTok, it's like, you do see like the grandmas and stuff doing some silly stuff and they get yeah. a lot of views, but then it's a whole lot of like twerking and booty shake. I can't twerk and I have no interest in twerking. So it's like, you know, what, where do I fit? You know, where do I fit in? And I have no idea. Yeah. It's like, I don't know who I want to be when I grow up on there. And it's funny because I, you know, people ask me, you know, they're like, well, you're in marketing. What should I do on TikTok? I am not your TikTok gal. There's people that I know that do TikTok yeah. quite amazingly. And it is not me. <laughs> it's, it's hysterical because you sit there and you, you do feel like you're back in high school. What, what can I do to gain popularity? is really what it's all about. And it's all about popularity. And and popularity is very fleeting. That's another thing. You know, your 15 minutes of fame on the internet, is that where you want to put your 15 minutes of fame? Or do you want to put it somewhere else more valuable? When I say more valuable, I mean more valuable to you. Um, it's, it is, it is really hard navigating these crazy things. And then, and then what's happening is, is, is these TikTok, you know, influencers, they're, they keep upping their game. You know, they keep on, it's okay. I did this crazy thing last week. Now I gotta, I gotta top it or else I'm going to lose half a million viewers. And they're going to go over to this other guy who's doing even crazier things. And that lends itself to what I'd like to say more dangerous things. You know, there's a lot of dangerous pe things that people are doing out there to gain notoriety. And a lot of them are, I mean, I'm, I'm reading every other month, somebody's dying because they're, they fall off the edge of a cliff because they do a selfie TikTok or they're, they're doing something else. They fall off a, an ocean liner or who knows what, but they try to do more extreme things. And I'm just, I'm someone who like, I do like to push the envelope, but, yeah, but there's you a know, <laughs> there's, I mean, yeah, you've got to do it in a certain environment. So that maybe that's why I haven't sort of jumped into the TikTok thing and, God, I don't know. It could, it could, it could go south real fast. <laughs> I could, I could probably gain like a gazillion views, and then that would be the end of me because I'd be laid up in the hospital for six months. You no, know, you could just start a TikTok channel on the fact that you don't know what to do with a TikTok channel. You never know; that might work. I mean, because uh, I, mean, it, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody needs to help me. You know, type of thing. Because I mean, I don't know. I've got to the point now that. I, I haven't been doing much of anything. Just I'll post something on every once in a while that I posted on some other stuff, but it's like, yeah. who am I on TikTok? I don't know. You know, who do I want to show up as on TikTok? I don't know. And I think it's, it can be said for any of the social media. It's, I seem, it feels like another one's popping up every two seconds. So, you know, people yeah. actually come to me and ask me because we do a lot of social media management, not TikTok, but we do a lot of social media management for companies and, and people and stuff. And, you know, they'll ask me these questions and I'm like, you know, here's the thing. Yes. If you have a business or a personality that you want seen, you definitely have to be on social media where your people are, where are your people? Yeah. You know, that's number one, you know, number two is, you know, look at social media as a handshake. It's not, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be everything on social media. That's just your introduction. You know, like, Hey, I'm Maria. And if you're on my personal profile, you see how smart aleck I am. And I got a crazy quirky person. And that's who I am. That's, you know, I'm yeah. being myself and you know, that's the handshake. And you know, that, that does a, a really good job at doing two things. It allows people who are like you to gravitate towards you, you know, yeah. and at the same time, the people that don't like that, it's repelling them. So it, it's actually a win-win situation because you're already getting over that. Yeah. Not, not going to fit, you know? So, I mean, I think, you know, as far as social media goes, it's kind of one of those necessary evils that can be good when it's good um, to a certain extent. And it can be terrible. Like you mentioned with, you know, pushing the envelope too far. I'm, you know, I'm a big adrenaline junkie. And I, like I said, I got a crazy person. I so I'm willing to do lots of things, but uh -huh. all left to be able to get views, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a risk taker too. And I, I mean, I've chosen a career that's, that's a lot of risk taking. And so you've really got to put yourself out there. Like you said, you've got to, you've got to expose all your vulnerabilities. And sometimes that involves way out of your comfort zone. And uh, the only way to get there is to just take that leap, you know. And so, I mean, I'm just starting to this this whole pandemic has basically sent everybody into their rooms in front of a computer, and it, and it goes for well-known actors. I mean, I I see well-known actors putting together these crazy TikTok videos because they're not booking work, 
everything shut down and they still want to stay relevant. So they create all of these, you know, uh, moments in their personal lives and it makes it, it, it endears them to their audience even more. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, it's been a struggle for me. I'm, I'm actually sitting at my son's desk because he's the, he's the computer guru I call this mission control. He's got like monitors over here and monitors here and he games all the time. And, you know, so I told him, I said, Hey, you got to set me up on your computer here for, for, for some of my podcasts. <laughs> I said, because it's not, it's, it's not, uh, it, it's getting difficult doing it on your iPad. So, so there you go. You're going to have your son set you up a TikTok channel. Yeah. My, my, my kids tried it. My 15 year old specifically, she's always saying, you should do this on TikTok. You should do that. And some of the stuff she shows me, I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> my body doesn't move like that. It's oh yeah. Yeah. My son, will, my son will come to me and he'll say, dad, check this out. Look what I, look what I just did. My TikTok or whatever it was. And he'll show me this thing and he's got like 50,000 views. And I, I just, I just go like this. Yeah. I just, I, I can't believe that. There are that many people out there. The, the audience is there. The the audience is, is ca it's a captive audience, literally. This whole pandemic has created a captive audience, audience situation. And what you have to do is you have to go out there and you have to find where they're at. And then you have to bring them into your world and, and, and hopefully keep them there. That's a lot of work. That's yeah. a lot of work. And, and there's no there's no financial compensation per se. I mean, once you hit a certain level, then all of a sudden, I guess, advertisers start calling you and you get, you get more uh, support uh, financially. I mean, I, I talk to my wife, I, I talk to her all the time and I show her these people on Instagram. I go, look, this guy, this guy and his wife, they have like a million and a half followers and all they do is travel around the world and take pictures of themselves at swimming pools and exotic locations around the world. And they're getting paid to do that. Yep. I go, how are they doing it? You know, it's just kind of, I mean, it's, it's, well, and that's the thing, you know, other people could replicate that. It has to be the right time, the right, it's like a perfect recipe, yeah. you know, cause I mean, there's a lot of people that come out of the woodwork wanting to do, whether it's a business or a podcast or a yeah. whatever, and they come with this idea, well, this person did this and this is what they did. So if I do that, it's going to be like instant success. I'll have people, you know, they'll call, they'll call me and they'll be like, Hey, um, I'm wanting to, to get a consultant to help me start a business. I'm like, okay, well, what kind of yeah. business? I ask all the questions and you know, what's your goals? What's your goals? You know, and I, cause I really want to get to the why. Right. And they're like, they're like, well, I just want to make all this money because it because I'm gonna send you a link. You click on the link, and it's like some super famous person that's been in business forever. And you're like, well, they did this, and I do this too, so I should be able to. I'm like, no, that is not a goal, and it can be said for. I've talked to musicians the same way, actors the same way, podcasters. Yeah, you know, podcasters. A lot of podcasters will start a podcast thinking, well, I'll get discovered, and then you know, I'll get all this advertising money, and then I'm like, are you kidding me? That's not how it yeah. works. No, <laughs> you gotta. Works. Something has to, it's, it's a moment that you have to create that's going to generate electricity is really what it is. Yeah. And, and when you, if you do something and it creates enough electricity and it gets to the right people, that's when it, it, it becomes this massive tree of, 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 uh, views and people wanting to see your content. But again, once that happens, it's, Literally, you have to follow it up immediately because things it's like the stock market right now. I mean, right now, the stock market is driving me crazy. I have as a hobby, I like to dabble just a little bit in the stock market. You know, I'll take a, a few bucks, so to speak, here and I'll I'll put it into a stock and, and I'm literally chasing it. And I feel like I'm cursing the entire stock market because every time I invest in a stock, it goes down. Yeah. And every time I take my money out, it goes back up. And it's been driving me crazy uh, ever since the new year. And I just I, I, I just had this huge blow up today with my wife. And she's just looking at me like, are you crazy? Because I can't stand it so much. It's it's you ride it, you ride it. And then all of a sudden it just falls right out. The bottom drops out and you're just left with what did I do wrong? You know, well, I think that can be a good kind of 
analogy just with anything in life. I mean, there's highs and there's lows and there's highs and there's yeah. lows, you know, and it, yeah. it's like that. It's, it's like that in marketing. Marketing works a lot like the financial market. You know, it really does. Yeah. I explain it to people by utilizing stocks as an example. And I know my husband, my husband dabbles in stocks. And honestly, when he talks about it, I let it go in one ear out the other because I don't even care. But like he he's I know there's been several times that he's like rah, 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 to his phone. So, you know, I, I, I feel that. But, you know, I think all in all, the idea of getting yourself out there, really putting yourself out there. It, it does kind of drill back to the idea of being vulnerable and at the same time, pushing the limits while still being your true authentic self. Cause I think a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking they have to be somebody else. And, you know, just because it works for them doesn't number one, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And number two, even if it did somehow work, do you really want to be somebody? I mean, if you're not in the middle of an acting here, you know, if you do want to be somebody else permanently for the rest of your life, obviously if you're in an acting, you'll be that person during that thing, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Oh yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And, and there's also tremendous sacrifice with, with being an actor or, or anything. If you want to be the best at something, you're going to be less at something else. And that means, for for example, um, my wife and I got married literally right as my career had started to show some some momentum. And the very, very, very difficult marriage and, and an acting career are two things that you have to put 100% into both of them. And sometimes during your life, you have to make a decision and say, okay, right now, my marriage and my family need 100% of me. And I can't, so then you, you can't give 100% to acting at that point in time, which happens, has happened to me on several occasions. Um, you know, you raise a family and you have children and my two boys growing up, they needed, you know, they need a father. And so to participate in, in a lot of their activities growing up and to be an integral part of their lives takes away a lot of where your energy would normally go if you were pushing your acting career. So yeah, it's, it's been a tough balance. Um, but you know, when at the end of the day, you know, the family is more important to me than anything, anything else. It trumps everything. So when there's a crisis in the family, everything else has to stop and, and, and my attention has to go right towards that. And yeah, unfortunately that has taken a hit on my acting career at times, but I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it because if I, if I didn't stay attentive to my family, you could lose them. And, and it's very easy. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, I think a lot of parents out there or, or, you know, spouses, whatever the dynamics in the family is can say the same thing because, you know, and I, I kind of actually explain it, um, almost like playing like a giant balloon game. Do you play the balloon game when you're a kid where you'd pop the balloons in the air and try to keep them from hitting the ground? Or was I just a weird child? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So, no, you yeah. know, I always, I, I kind of explain it like a balloon game that you just got these, all these balloons in the air yeah. and you're just trying to not let any of them hit the ground because, yeah. you know, for the longest time, I always tried to chase this idea of work-life balance, work-life balance, you know, like yeah. it was just something that I could actually figure out and crack the code to it. Yeah. And that doesn't exist. You know, I have seven children. One is on the autism spectrum you know, I have a very full and busy life and, you know, what needs to happen in my day to day, it's going to differ, you know? Yeah. And like you mentioned, you know, if something arises, you know, I have to deal with it. You know, my family comes first every single time sure. and that can be hard to have to choose. Okay. Well, I guess I'm not popping this balloon up today and just hur hurrying, trying to slide yeah. in last second before it hits the ground. I mean, that's happened more than one occasion, but yeah. I think all in all, that kind of just goes on with the whole balance of life. That is balancing. Balancing, yeah. and I figured this out, I mean, at least to this point, figured this out, that balancing is just trying to do the best you can, trying to keep everything up in the air the best you can and not completely let it hit the ground. But you do have to make those sacrifices. And sometimes there's been times where I'm like, you know what? This balloon doesn't even belong in my game anymore because I don't have the time for this balloon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah that's hard. You know, that can be super hard to try to dissect those things out of your life, especially when they've always been a part of your life. Yeah, it is. You know, as I get older, I'm finding that I'm trimming the fat a lot more. 
you know, out and, and things that are more important to me become more of the focal point. Now, my boys, my two sons are old enough where one of them is actually, he lives up in Spokane and he's pursuing his life. And, and my other son had started college last year, but then the pandemic hit. So he's back home, but he's very independent. But at this point is when my wife and I sat down and I said, Hey, hon, this is the perfect opportunity for me to commit more than a hundred percent now to my acting career. It's, it, it, it's been a struggle and it's, it's really been interesting because when I've made big moves and big decisions, I've been met immediately with big obstacles. When I, when we moved out here to California from Florida, uh, I came out here, I had, I had a mini series I was working on. I had a, a, uh, a television show. I had like two or three commercials running and I came out here and, and I thought, wow, I'm just going to hit the ground running out in LA. And about a month after I got out here, the actor strike hit and that was a long actor strike and then followed up by a writer strike. So it put a lot of, of, of pressure on me as an actor when I got out here and I, you know, you have to overcome that huge obstacle. And, you know, we've had other personal things that have occurred in our lives, you know, family members passing away that have really hit us hard and it's, you know, it is, you, you, you have to just keep figuring out ways to keep pushing towards that goal, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, big obstacles all the time. And I think, I think that's something that a lot of people face, honestly, I think, but what ends up happening is it sometimes it completely freezes people. And I think the ability to be met with the challenges and to pivot and be resourceful enough to either yeah. sometimes it's okay to stop and pause and reflect. There's something to be said for that, but also to be able to pivot and decide, okay, well, let me approach it from this angle or be resourceful and reproach it from this angle. Because, you know, that's honestly, that's kind of what this show came from is just the idea of being successfully chaotic because life is just chaos. You know, there's good chaos, yeah. there's bad chaos, but life is chaos. And, you know, a lot of times we spend so much time trying to, tame the chaos and that's most of the time. So it's trying to figure out, well, how do I still, you know, manage my definition, which is the important part, my definition of success in the midst of the chaos, because, you know, everybody's brand of chaos, everybody's flavor of chaos is a little bit different. You know, yours is going to be different than mine, but chaos is still chaos. Stress is stress, right? So it's just kind of trying to figure out, okay, well, I know that these are my obstacles. You know, I know that these are the things that I'm being faced with. And most of the time they're out of your control. Like there was nothing you could do about the actor strike, nothing you could do about the writer strike, you know, definitely not in the plan. And I think a lot of people get so hung up in those unmet expectations that, you know, a lot of times it completely freezes them and makes them retreat because they think, well, this is not for me. It's not in the cards or, you know, whatever else they tell themselves. And sometimes maybe it's not, but don't let, you know, those, those expectations that for whatever reason don't get met be the thing that stops you. If you decide to cognitively stop because you decide you want to pivot and want to change and want to make a different decision, I think that's great. But I think that it's important to, you know, note that, those things are kind of inevitable that chaos is inevitable in most people's lives. Oh, there are so many factors that you can't control and, and to sit there and try to control them makes them even less controllable in reality, as far as I I personally uh, believe. And it's, it's, it's really an interesting thing. It's, it's, you're floating down whatever river you're floating down. And when you hit the rapids, you know, just, instead of trying to paddle against them, just let them carry you on through so that you can get past them. And sometimes you learn a lot more from it. Uh, If you struggle and you push against things, it's just like today, my wife, you know, she's a really calming presence for me. She's, (laughs) she's, she, she always sits there and asks me a question when I vent, you know, and I tell her, I say, I just, I can't, this thing is driving me crazy today. You know, and she'll sit there and she'll ask me a question like, so what do you want to do for your birthday? Yeah, I mean, just completely out of the blue. And I, I sit there and, and I go, I'm not even thinking about my birthday right now, okay? What I want to think about is how I can make this successful. Yep. And and she says, well, get away from that right now. Don't don't 
don't sit there and brood over it. Don't sit there and pine over it. Give yourself the opportunity to step back because if you're so in, involved in something and you're so engrossed and when you over-focus on things, that's when you miss the other stuff that's literally passing right in front of you. So she is, I, I, I'm very lucky to have her. She has been an absolute support rock for me for my entire career. You know, whenever I'm upset, she doesn't sit there and try to help me reason it. She just comes in and she gives me comfort, whether it's physical comfort, being there for me, or sometimes it's, Hey, I'm going to be in the other room and I'll, I'll be here if you want to talk about it, you know, kind of thing. But she's, she's always been a really good, calming, stable rock. And I, 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 that's something that you have to think about when you're pushing through a career and you're struggling through it. You have to look around and see where your support system is. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, your lifelines and your support. Right. And you need to go to that. You need to go to that when you're struggling. Really, you do. I agree. And I think, you know, I think it's important to have, you know, those people in your lives and whether they're, whether they're a spouse or, you know, a friend or, you know, I've, I've even met some people online that are, you know, another source of support, you know, that are kind of in the same world that I am. And I think it's important to kind of tap into those different support systems for different reasons yeah. and be able to use that to kind of, you know, ride these waves, whether it's, you know, reinventing yourself as a new type of actor, I think, you know, I think it's important to know that, you know, it's okay to reinvent yourself at any point in time. And I think a lot of people get hung up in the fact that, yeah. well, I've always done this, you know, and you could have said, well, I've only, oh, I've always done this. This is who I am. You know, I can't change or pivot and, you know, it's to each their own, whatever on that. But I think it's a, it's a, a great idea to use that time to reflect on, you know, who do you want to show up as, you know, who, yeah. who are you at this moment in life? Not who are you, you know, 10 years ago, who are you now? Because we grow and we change and we develop and it's okay to, you know, show up a little bit different than we did 10 years ago. Cause we're a little bit different than we were 10 years ago. Yeah. The older I get, the less I care about what other people think. It's really interesting. You know, a lot of the youth today with social influencers and TikTokers and everything, they care so much about what other people think of them and it comes and it's right down to their physical appearance oh gosh i've i've got one you know eyelash that's out of place or you know i've got a blemish on my chin or something and they it, it overwhelms them it consumes them with this self-consciousness and you get older and it's like yeah i got gray i got no hair on my head i'm bald i got who, who cares anymore you know I, I i just don't care about when I say I don't care, meaning I don't let it bother me anymore. I don't allow other people's criticisms of me bother me to the point where it brings me down. I, I, I'll let them criticize and I'll allow that to come in and criticize. But I think I ha you have to create more of a self-confidence in who you are as a human being, not to be bothered by other people's su superficial criticisms of you. So yeah, as I get older, it's pretty much, hey, you know, this is me. Yep. I, I, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to try to, I'm no longer going to try to change or mask or hide or pretend to be somebody I'm not. And, and I try to tell my kids that too. You know, I say, hey, listen, be who you are in front of other people. Be honest, be forthright, but also be conscientious. And I says, you'll feel so much better about yourself and people are going to like you more for who you are, even with your faults, because everybody has them. Yeah, they so. do. And I think that that is, that's something that, or at least for me, it's been something that I've learned as I've gotten older. I used to care way too much <laughs> about yeah. what people thought about me. And now yeah. it's just, you know, whatever I do the best that I can at the things that I do. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. You know, half the time, like I was having this conversation with somebody earlier because they were like, well, I'm going to FaceTime you, but I look like crap. I'm like, dude, I've walked around all day yesterday looking completely homeless and I was completely, you know, satisfied in my you know, attempt to do no things with myself. You know, yep. but it's, it's, it's fine. It's how it is because, you know, we're all real people. You know, yep. we all have days where we just don't feel like, you know, fixing our hair or even looking like we tried. Yeah. Well, yesterday for me, I had other things I focused on. I was doing some other stuff and the way I looked, I don't even, I didn't even care, but that <laughs> would have not have been me, you know, 
even even 15 10 or 15 years ago even it wouldn't have yeah. been me you know but at this point in time it's like you know i my goal and promise to myself is to show up as who i am and not everybody likes that no not everybody likes me and i've had to get to the point that i'm completely fine with that i always want to be a good person you know but you know, my version of a good person, a lot of people don't like sarcasm. I am a very sarcastic person. Yeah. You know, it's just how, you know, how it is. And I have to be okay with that. I have to be respectful with other people, but also okay with the fact that not everybody's going to love, you know, who I am. And, and that can be hard sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, it's also cultures that you, you've been raised in, you know, I'm, I'm half Irish, half Italian. So you could imagine the arguments that my mother and father would have when I was growing up. Everybody, and, and my brothers and sisters, I mean, everybody wore their emotions out on their sleeves. Everybody had something to say. Everybody had an opinion. Um, we were very opinionated to, to each other. And it, it, certain cultures are like that. And it's just, you know, it's just how you were raised. It's, it, it, it's really hard to to sit there and to talk to somebody and not say something that may or may not offend them yeah. because those people have different beliefs and those people were raised on different cultures. And it's, it is, it's, it's almost impossible. And, that, and that's kind of bothered me, especially the last few years is because everybody has become so hypersensitive to something that another person would say or, or how they would act or what they would do. And nobody sits there and says, wow, well, they're coming, they're coming at me from a different direction. They're coming at me from a different culture. You know, I may not agree with it. I may find it even a little bit offensive, but what, what, what impact is it going to have on my life when I stop talking to that person, when I go home at the end of the day, what kind of impact is that going to have on my life? It, it doesn't. You have a conversation with somebody and you go back about your day and you go home or you do something else and and they're not part of it. People come in and out of your life so much and to 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 take such personal offense to what other people might say to you or how they may act, it, it's it's not beneficial to you in your life. It never will be. So No, absolutely not. And I mean, you know, it took me a long time with some of the things that I allowed to eat at me to get that out yeah. of my head because it's like this, like this broken record that plays over and over and over because I let it get in. Yeah. And, you know, my goal now is to just not let that stuff get in because it, you know, if it's not, you know, affecting my life and it's not affecting my, you know, my family, mm -hmm. then it's not even worth a second thought. If somebody hates me, that's fine. They hate me. They can hate me. That's good. But I mean, I, and I agree, you know, a lot of people do tend to get offended on certain things. And I'm, I try to stay out of all the super emotionally charged crap because I'm very much a believer that, you know, life is very much perspective based. And much like you were saying, you know, my perspective can only come from the life that I have lived to now. It cannot yeah. be influenced from anything else. And no. Same can be said for you or anybody else. So I try to approach every conversation with knowing that. And, you know, if somebody accidentally says something that I find offensive, I try not to take offense on it because, you know, again, from their perspective, most people, and I'm, I'm not, there are a few assholes out there, excuse my language, yeah. but there are, but most <laughs> people, you know, are actually good people and they are doing and saying what they view as right from their own perspective. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing that I try to look at. I take it, try to take a step out of things and look at it and say, okay, is that my perspective? No, you know, it's a little bit offensive, but you know, from their perspective, it probably looks a lot different because are they a bad person? No, they're not a bad person. I know them on a different level and they're actually a good person. So if yeah. I know that, then I can automatically assume that whatever they're speaking even if it's not my truth, for whatever reason, it's their truth. And, you know, that, that's how I try to view life and, you know, let things roll off my back and not get involved in all the drama. And it's just, life is too short. And, you know, you, you, know, you, you, you mentioned earlier about having, you know, deaths in the family. I mean, I, we lost my grandparents a couple of years ago. And, you know, you realize when you start to lose people that's super close to you that how short it really is. Yeah. I lost, between my wife and I, we've lost six uncles this past year and none of them, none of them to the pandemic. They all died of natural causes. Uh, most of them were in their early eighties and 
but but just the massive amount of death that we've experienced this year gives one pause, especially, you know, to reevaluate your own life. And, you know, I'm getting up there. I'm going to be five years removed this February. I'm going to be five years removed from when my father passed away. And that is a real, real shock to sit there and say, wow, you know, right now I'm at the same age that my father was when my wife and I got married 30, uh, 26 years ago. So, and, and, and we're sitting there and we're going, holy cow, there is definitely an ending. Okay. There's definitely an ending for those of you that don't think about it often, believe it or not, life does come to an end for you sooner or later. And the thing is to value the time that you have to soak up every moment and to appreciate it. And I, I consider my life to be a success so far based on other aspects, not just based on my acting career, because as far as I'm personally concerned, my acting career will never be a success based on my standards. It it will always be something to achieve, but I've got tons of other successes in life, you know, tons of other successes. And you have to focus on those successes to understand that, yeah, you can be successful at many more things during the rest of your life. Absolutely. I think it's, I think that's important to, to mention because a lot of people last year, you know, lost their job, um, to them, lost their purpose, you know, you know, lost their focus. They were kind of just floundering around and everybody, the entire year that I was talking to, you know, kept thinking, Oh, you know, after this is over, when this is over. And then, you know, come fall, they were a little bit nervous, but oh, by January, I'll definitely be gone. So 2021 is going to be my year. And then, you know, sadly here, 2021 rolls through and it's like, okay, it's more of the same. So it's just recently that they're kind of hitting this real panic, this real panic of it's, there's no end in sight. There's no date to put on it. And, you know, and I, I think that's a big thing to kind of notice on, you know, on one hand, you know, I, I really feel for the, the, the the fact of knowing that they're just struggling with their identity at this moment. But on the other hand, you know, you have to sit and take a step back much like you said, and realize that no matter what your career is, whether you have one, you know, focus in your career or 101, it doesn't matter. You know, you're always perfecting, you're always achieving, you always have these goals in mind, and they're not always going to be met. So, you know, you have to sit and and take a step back and say, okay, well, what else do I have to focus on? Because sometimes it does come to that, depending on where you're at, it does come to that mental health, you know, issue of saying, okay, what do I focus on today? You know, if I've got all these things weighing down on me, what is the one thing that I know that I can focus on today? You know, I think, I think it's been a hard, it's been a hard year for a lot of people. And, Honestly, I almost feel bad that it wasn't a hard year for me. Um, And I think the only reason it wasn't a hard year for me is because 2019 completely sucked for me. You know, 2018 and 19 was just like, if I had to like write uh, the years that was the worst for Maria, it was 2018 and 19. So by the time 2020 rolled around, yes, it didn't look like anything that I had written down on any vision board that I made or any kind of goal list that I had set out. Definitely did not. But it still was not 2018, 2019. Yeah. So, you know, I felt like I'd already kind of hit rock bottom during those years that it was just kind of like, okay, well, I have a little more time to reflect. I have a little more time to focus. And I tried to focus on what I could do instead of what I wasn't getting to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that is absolutely correct. You know, focusing on what you can do as opposed to what you didn't get, because at, at, at sooner or later, what you're going to have to do is if you're banging your head against the wall and you're not getting any success, then you need to go pick another wall uh, and and you need to focus on something else because sometimes doors open up when you have your back to them. And it, it's, it, it's the truth. I, mean, I can't tell you how many windows of opportunity I've missed by this much in my life because I was tending to something that I was sort of trying to put that round peg in that square hole. And so, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're just focusing on it and you're focusing and you're just, I got to get it in. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you go, Oh, crud, I missed that opportunity back there. And that was a really good opportunity. And, 
it just, you know, it frustrates you more and more and more. So what you just have to learn to do is you have to learn when to step back at something. I mean, I've written a couple of scripts and I am a terrible script. When I say I'm a, I'm a terrible judge, I judge my own scripts so yeah. harshly. And so I've, I've sat and I've, I've literally put them in the closet and, and haven't touched them for a year or a year and a half. And then you go back with a whole new perspective and you go back with new experiences and you've got new ideas and thoughts and you go work on it a little more. And, and, and that's, that's a lot, that's a lot of life. You know, a lot of life is definitely taking a road, coming to a dirt end, an end and learning not to push through, but go back around and, and circle back to it later, you know? Absolutely. And I, and I think that could be hard. And I think, I think those are more things that you learn kind of as you get older, because I know the 20 year old Maria would have been like, no, I'm shoving this square peg into this, this round hole. Yeah. Make it work, and yeah. but the problem is, is you know, the one time that I got it to fit, I decided I did not want it to fit. It's so much worse, and I, and I tell people those that you know these stories of, you know, I tell them about good things I've done, but I I I make sure and tell them about the, the decisions that I made that I wish I had never made, because you know. I don't, I don't want other people to look at those things. And the idea of like that, the bright and shiny syndrome, that is something that I chased for the longest time. And I did, and it was like, Ooh, that's bright and shiny. Let's go run over here and do this. And uh-huh. it wouldn't quite fit. And I'd try to make it shove and, you know, in there and get it to fit. And, you know, it just, there's a reason that it doesn't fit. You know, there's a reason yeah. that it doesn't fit. There's a reason that it's not working and you need to just let the universe go ahead and lead you yeah. to where you're supposed to go. I'll tell you right now, it's either a, it's either you, it's either an, it's either you got to find another hole or another peg. Exactly. You, just, you know, you just got to, you got to, you got to let go of one of them. That's the thing. You have to let go of one. If you're trying to put that square peg into that round hole or vice versa, and they're not fitting, you have to go, okay, I, I, ha- I have to leave one of them. I have to drop one of them, you know, or both of them even, but it's not going to work. You can, like, yeah, there have been times when I've tried to force issues and I've tried to force things and the results have never been good. They've never, never been good. They've been learning experiences, but they've never been, they, the, the the end result has never been what I had hoped for. So I'm, yeah. I'm the same way. I've always joked around that I'm, I make big leaps and I make big falls. <laughs> I, am, I am definitely a jumper. I'm like, Ooh, let's do that. Let's just go barreling forward, you know, forward full force. But, but yeah. that's a good thing. That's, I mean, that is, that's, that yeah. is a good thing because in life you don't want to be known for the person who played it safe. You know, there's there plenty of those people out there. Hesitant jumping. And I, that's what I tell, call myself now. I call myself a hesitant jumper. I'm still a jumper. I will always be a jumper. I will very much be the person. I'm an adrenaline junkie. The person that's yeah. yeah, let's do it. But I will kind of scan for danger. <laughs> Have you jumped out of an airplane? Scan- have you ever jumped out of an airplane? Maria? I have not. That has been on my, that was on my, my list last year of things yeah. I wanted to do. And then COVID killed that. But yeah, I have never, I've been bungee jumping twice. I do love that. See, I'd um, be more scared to bungee jump than I would to parachute. Um, it was weird. Cause the first time I ever went, it was at this like place and they had it like off of this cliff, but it was like where you jump was over a parking lot. That was terrible. But the second time was over water. And even though, you know, going that fast, you know, hitting the water is going to be the same as hitting the parking lot. For some reason, it just looks better. So mentally, like you're more okay with the fact you're barreling forward toward it. Yeah. The first time I did not enjoy it. And I almost didn't do it the second time because I was like, I don't know. I love to be a little bit afraid, but not like, you know, my life flashed before my eyes afraid. Sure. And um, I got talked into it um, because apparently peer pressure is also a thing I have. And, you know, I ended up, (laughs) going ahead and doing it again, but I'm so glad I did, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, this was a really good experience. So I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that I did do it the second time, but yeah, I've never j- jumped out of an airplane. That was one of my goals. And I don't yeah. even know if they're doing it right now. Like, how, like, I don't even know how you would do I it. I don't know. I mean, it would be outdoor. F- I, 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 down here, I know that they do. Uh, I think they still strapped to somebody, which obviously is not six foot apart. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, what? Uh, yeah, that's, I guess yeah. you're right about that. But uh, yeah, no, my wife is, and I have said, when the kids are out of the house, we're going to do it. And yeah. they, they were out of that. One of them, they were out of the house and then one of them came back. So back. yeah, we're, <laughs> we're sitting there and it, it's still on the table, but there's a couple of other things we want to do. That are, you know, like last year when when my son went away to college, we decided we're moving to a place we love to move to be at. And so we moved closer to the ocean and 
we were expecting this incredible year and then the pandemic hit it shut everything down on us and it and it kind of and we're sitting there going oh, we moved to such an amazing place and we couldn't appreciate all the wonderful things that it had so it was kind of anticlimactic to say the least but the fact is is we made that big decision we made that big move and who knows what's going to happen this coming year we're we're actually pretty much close to making a decision to move again so you know new environment means new possibilities so you have to keep absolutely. that in mind you do absolutely and i love that and so tell everybody before we kind of hop off here um i don't know if well since you don't do social media much maybe you don't want them to follow you but if you have <laughs> anything you want them to look at <laughs> you can I, I have i have say, forget my name and like, uh, you know, whatever i have I've, I've, like you, like you said earlier, I've jumped into it, sort of hook, line, and sinker. I'm trying to swim. Um, yeah, so I, I do have a couple of social media sites. Obviously, my IMDb page, which is the Internet Movie Database, which holds a large percentage of the films that I've made or the films that I'm in production, but not all of them. It's, it's interesting because, you know, those films that are on the IMDb page are actually just what sort of the mainstream has, or there's, there's some films that I'm not credited in that I've actually been in. Yeah. Um, so it, you can see me on IMDb, uh, just type in imdb.me backslash Timothy McLaughlin. That'll take you to my page. You can see the projects I'm working on, the ones that I'm getting ready to do or the ones that I'm finished. Uh, I do like Instagram. I'm, I'm really, that's, that's cause for me, I have to pick one Focus. One one social media site and focus yeah. all my energy on it. If I try to pick all these other ones, it's just going to be a big cloudy, soupy mess. So <laughs> Instagram is where I like to post most of my pictures professionally, personally, career-wise. And I usually will type something out. I'm still learning how to do those video stories and things like that, but it's getting better. That's good. You can see me on- You're almost on ready for TikTok. You're almost ready. Yeah, just about. Uh, but you can see me on Instagram. Just type in at the Timothy Mac, and it'll take you to my Instagram page. I'm always, I, I'm, you know, you sit there, you say, I got to get followers. I got to get followers. I got to get followers. I'm just, you know, I'm just posting it there. Hey, if you want to follow me, follow me. I've got some real interesting pictures and posts that I do. I don't just post one picture of me after another. Uh, if I go to someplace, I'll, I'll find something really cool to take a picture of and I'll post it. Um, you know, but like, again, I'm still working on videos and, uh, I am on Facebook, you know, just type in Timothy McLaughlin. I think I'll come up somewhere somehow. I'm in, I'm in, uh, in California and you can see if you want to friend request me there, I go on Facebook maybe once, maybe twice uh, a day just to check to see who's checking in with me. But all my posting is usually Instagram and stuff like that. I don't do Twitter. Twitter has gotten way too volatile way too volatile a lot of just crazy 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 things there a lot of people are just screaming at each other basically on twitter so not happy about that yeah yeah that's it's it's interesting i it, twitter's not my favorite either but yeah. yeah so at least now i know how to say your name because i was back to butchering people's names i was like mclaughlin because it looks like mclaughlin i feel like i, I changed um do you know jeff dwalskin do you know him mm. No, I don't. A podcaster. Well, he's a nice guy. Uh -huh. You should meet him. You would love him. But anyway, um, I I was like, for some reason, my brain told me his last name was Dawowskin, even though there's not two W's. So I was calling him Dawowskin. So now it's become this big joke. And now I call him that on purpose, even though I know what his name is. So, Well, my Irish side of my family, it's pronounced McLaughlin. Yeah. And my mom, who's Italian, introduces herself as McLaughlin. So it's actually been used. If you don't know how to spell it, a lot of people say McLaughlin. Uh, but it's McLaughlin. I, I actually went to an Irish priest to get validation of it. I says, how do you say my last name? I need to know, said, buddy. <laughs> it's a McLaughlin. It's McLaughlin. Yeah. So, and I said, okay, great. Thank you. There I feel go. like that's validated. I feel like that's like set in stone at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, that's, that's what we're going to go with. There we go. <laughs> I like it. I like the accent. That was good too. So well, uh, yeah. great having you on and chatting and, um, I will definitely check out all your, I know I've already followed you on a few of your things and I'll check out, um, 
some of your your movie clips and stuff. I haven't done that yet. Mary, it was a pleasure. You can uh, I, I think my I got my movie clips are on my Actors Access site, which is a lot of my old stuff. Um, I haven't put up anything new yet because I want to get with the right theatrical agent to go. sit there and show them all my stuff and say, okay, let's put everything together and get it done right. But I've got some of my old clips there from some of my TV shows like Monk and um, Everybody Hates Chris yeah. and a couple of other projects. And you can do that. You can go to my Actors Access site, which is I guess you just type in actors access and then search Timothy McLaughlin and it should come up and you should be able to see it. So awesome. Yeah. It'd be great. I'm excited yeah. to watch. I love, I love the show monk. That was a good show. It was a lot of fun. I got to work with a great actor named Alfred Molina. A lot of people know who he is. Yeah. Very famous uh, British actor. And he's done a lot of work, uh, you know, on some very, very famous films and it was an absolute joy working with him. So yeah, exciting. So, yeah. well, it's so great talking to you and um, just stay in touch. Likewise, Maria. I know you have questions, I don't have answers. Clearly.